What's up, everyone? It's Ray Garvin, host of the Destination Debbie podcast. If you're waiting until after the NFL season to start your college scouting process, you're already behind the eight ball. There are hundreds of college football games on each and every Saturday, far too many to keep up with, along with following your favorite NFL teams. But don't worry. This show is designed for not only you hardcore Debbie leaguers, but those of you who want to learn about the next group of potential NFL stars and get a leg up in your traditional dynasty leagues. We don't just talk about the big name college football guys. We hit on the small school value prospects who also have a shot to make it at the next level. If you want to position your dynasty team for short and long-term success, make sure you check out the DDP on DLF and all the other amazing shows DLF has to offer. You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. It is late February, guys, and we are strong into the off-season, just looking at these rookies every single day. And Guys, I'm watching film. It feels like every day lunch breaks, spending some time picking out a player or two, uh, jumping on Twitter and seeing what other people say just to get motivated to watch a specific player. And I feel like I'm into the third round of rookies. I feel like I have everything covered above there. And the class is sick. It is so deep. There are so many good players and so many things to get excited about with this class. I'm just trying to scoop up second round picks right now. Yeah, you're you're. Uh, we we talked about this a couple days ago, off the air, Dan. But yeah, you're ahead of me in this process. I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do, but I'm. I would say I'm equally as excited about the class. I need to grab some picks too. Yeah, so much talent that it feels like. You know, Ryan and I, you you were talking with me the other day. You said, ah, it feels like you need to be in that top seven. And if you're not in the top seven, you need a bunch of picks below that because there's there's a tier break there. And, you know, talking about Superflex, of course. And there, you know, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of different opinions because there's so much talent and so many good players. And, Matt, I want to bring you in on this too because I know you're working on these guys. Uh, it's just... It, I think there's a lot of different ways to go, especially once you get into the middle of the first round, whether you're in Superflex or not. In, in Superflex, I think it's I think you're fine all the way to 13. I see uh, Rondale Moore drop into the 201 regularly in the Superflex mock draft, and I'm very excited to take him there. So, yeah, I like cl- acquiring lots of those early second-round picks, late first-round picks to kind of get that value. I think it's going to be very difficult to acquire, say, the top four to five picks, especially in Superflex. But, uh, you know, after that, I think it falls off a little bit after you get past those elite guys and maybe a little bit easier to acquire, uh, especially those seconds like you mentioned. Yeah, I can't wait for us to do our first rookie mock here on the show because I think I think there are some differing opinions amongst the three of us, and we're going to get to that soon enough. Last week, we did our consensus quarterback tiers. If you missed the episode, it's number 451 among DLF Dynasty podcast episodes. We're on 452 now, so we'll cover the running backs, guys. And this was a fun exercise. We all put our rankings together separately, then threw them into a sheet. And already, I'm going through your guys' list and I can't wait to talk about it. So let's get right to it. 
Matt, you might as well kick off running back tier one because he's been your guy since before he entered the NFL. We're talking about CMC. Yeah, I just don't know how anybody else can really be in the tier in his tier right now. Obviously, a very disappointing twenty twenty season with uh, all the injuries. But the three games he played in, he scored six touchdowns. He was, I think, the running back one or two in all three of those games. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, so I've seen no reason to really reduce. Uh, or move him down or bring anybody up to his level just yet uh the other guys we're going to talk about they have their question marks as well so you know i think cmc still has the least amount of question marks and you're going to get that you know 80 plus reception upside i think pretty much every single year even if we think they're finally going to bring in somebody else to compete with him whatever you you feel however you feel about that you know i still think he's going to provide that floor no matter no matter who who they bring in you know so I, I, he still feels the, like the safest by far of any of these prospects that we're going to talk about yeah the highest floor for sure i think that's what you mean by safest and even if they do bring in a mid-round mid to late round running back or even one of these veterans that you know there's so many free agents uh, it doesn't really scare me all that much. It feels like they're one of the teams that should try to get a pass catcher that can run the ball between the tackles, and that guy just be in case CMC goes down, rather than trying to split that workload because he's so dynamic with the ball in his hands, both on the interior and on the perimeter. Uh, I had Christian McCaffrey by himself in Tier 1 for all those reasons as well. Those Those couple games that he played – he was electrifying, and he carried dynasty managers to wins those weeks. We saw these other guys that we're about to talk about, uh, the Jonathan Taylors and Saquon Barkleys and Alvin Kamara's uh, from time to time throughout the season. They're just not consistently at the same level. So that's the only thing that keeps Christian McCaffrey in a tier by himself. Ryan, you're willing to bump one of these other guys into Tier 1, though. Yeah, I did have Jonathan Taylor as a Tier 1 guy right behind uh, Christian McCaffrey. And, I mean, none of that is a knock on McCaffrey. Uh, obviously, everything uh, everything he's done uh, the past two, three, four seasons has been uh, really amazing. I mean, playing at, at one of the highest levels that we've seen in, in years. So... Uh, McCaffrey's still my RB one, but uh, Jonathan Taylor's right behind. He was the he was the top scoring running back from week thirteen on. We we thought that would happen, maybe even uh, from week two on after Marlon Mack suffered that injury. But uh, Taylor was a little slow to get started. But week thirteen on those last uh, last several games averaged over twenty six fantasy points per game in PPR and. Um, cu- couple years, not not a ton younger than McCaffrey, but a couple years younger. So for me, he's in that, at least in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation for sure. And I went back and forth. In fact, right away, I had McCaffrey in a tier by himself, followed by Taylor in a tier by himself, and, and then moved on from there. I decided to to keep Taylor with a couple of these other guys that we're about to talk about. I don't have any problem with anybody having Taylor as a tier one player. It's just difficult for me, Ryan, not to see at least some difference between the two players because of consistency, because McCaffrey has done it for so long. It, you know, I, I think if you're willing to say I am projecting Taylor forward to be at McCaffrey's level, then it's all right to put, Taylor in the same uh, tier as him. But if you're looking just at what he did as a rookie, there is a slight difference, and we're splitting hairs here. 
Yeah, that's fair. But I mean, in Dynasty, we're trying to project, right? We're, we're right, right. It, you are for rankings sure. Rankings or ADP or, or team building really is a mix of what we've seen so far and what we expect to happen next. Yeah, well, how that projects going forward. And Taylor certainly looks like a top five type running back for years to come, not just not just in the short term. So we all have McCaffrey in tier one. Let's leave that alone like that. Barkley, uh, Taylor, or excuse me, Taylor, then Barkley and Kamara are our next three guys uh, for all of us. So we need to decide if Taylor stays in tier two, like Matt and myself have, or if Matt and myself are willing to move him up. Matt, your thoughts? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't have an ultimate problem with it. He is a top three running back for me, but, you know, he we we haven't seen it for a full season yet. We saw it for most of a season or half of a season, especially the back half of, of the 2020 season. But, you know, there he, he isn't like a can't-miss 100% lock-it-in top two running back for me yet so because of that i i have him in tier two but we're like we said we're splitting hairs here he's he's definitely there he's he, he showed us what he can do he, he did everything at the end of the season that we thought he was going to do when we when we when he entered the season after especially after marlon mack went down right so he hasn't really given he hasn't really given us any reason to not consider him a top guy but cmc's just done it longer and he did it on limit limited and while injured last year so to me he's still in a tier by himself but like i said for this exercise i'm happy to move him up if you want to do that dan well i would be willing to but because we're, it's kind of a majority thing that we've done in the past and we should probably keep keep to that how about we put jonathan taylor at the top of yeah, tier two that's fair. we all had saquon barkley in tier two matt and and you had him at running back two in your rankings, the highest among the three of us. Talk to me about Barkley and what you project for him going forward coming off the injury. It's it's tough, right? But the last memory we have of Barkley, other than the, the one, it was a one and a half poor games in, in, in 2020, was him basically carrying teams to fantasy championships in, in 2019, right? I know he did for me on several teams. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I still just have a little bit more faith in him Uh then then the next guy the guy in my next tier and the other guy that's in both of your tiers Alvin Kamara might as well just say it right so Kamara has a lot more question marks I think in terms of where that team is going to be is I guess maybe Breeze is going to be back did you guys see that video of him pushing a sled like all the way down a road into into traffic that that surfaced yesterday so maybe Breeze is going to be back and it's going to be basically the same thing for Kamara again in in 2021 but right now we don't know that is it going to be Winston could it be Taysom Hill probably not but just just a little bit more questions around Kamara at that point. I know you asked me about Barkley, but for me, th- those questions are why I have Barkley a tier above Kamara and the same tier as as Jonathan Taylor. Um, those two guys, like I would, like if I was on, if I had John- Jonathan Taylor and somebody offered me Barkley and a little bonus, I'd probably take it. And the same, and, and then the reverse, if I had Taylor and somebody offered me Barkley and some kind of bonus, I'd probably take that. So these two guys, value wise, are very similar to me. Yeah, and that's why you have them in Tier 2 alone, just Barkley and JT. Ryan, you also have two players in Tier 2. That's Barkley and Elvin Kamara. Uh, Talk to me about Barkley and how you think he fits into these rankings. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, Barkley was, uh, even even when McCaffrey was performing at that high level, uh, Barkley was the preferred option in Dynasty, according to our ADP and, and according to... Uh, really so many dynasty players but these injuries the past two seasons have um, have obviously hurt his value so 
to to even see him at in the second tier, it, it still feels a little weird. It, it feels odd to to consider um, other guys like I mean, like Jonathan Taylor, to be honest, ahead of him. So I, I think this could be uh, just I don't even want to say a breakout season. We've already seen a breakout from from Barkley, yeah. but um, kind of a, a, a reclamation season for Saquon Barkley and. And you know, if we're fast forwarding a year, which is kind of what, kind of what we're trying to do in in dynasty in general, it wouldn't surprise me if Barkley's back atop this list. Right, and to me, it feels like there are three, maybe four guys that can be on top of that list: McCaffrey, Taylor, Barkley, and then if you want to add Alvin Kamara as the other, Matt, you you kind of shined a light on some of the question marks surrounding Kamara, but it's hard to take anything away from what he did in 2020 because he was so dynamic with the ball in his hands really was all they had on offense Michael Thomas injured of course and and Drew Brees struggling throughout his time on the field and then missed a lot of time himself so Kamara carried that offense even when Drew Brees wasn't on the field sometimes we were disappointed with the amount of pass catching and and how he was used in that part of the game when when Brees wasn't on the field but man, he he uh, he looked good everywhere. Whether he was catching the ball between the tackles, on the edge, at the goal line, he's a dynamic player. I, I just don't think that we can take too much away from him just because Drew Brees is probably going to retire or whatever. Yeah, it's just. I mean, we did see one game with with Taysom Hill where he he played pretty well. I forget which week it was, but we also saw three really bad games with Taysom Hill where he had had zero targets one game, uh, one target another game, th- uh, three targets another game. So like that was really concerning. And then I think the that was a week thirteen, I believe, when he had had the the the, the ten targets with with uh, Hill. I can't remember, um, but I still think it's a question mark of of what it's going to look like. So I do think he's a cut above the next group of guys we're going to talk about, but you know, there's enough there for me to question it that I would, I, I would still rather keep Barkley and JT just above. And I think it's a fair point to point out that Barkley has been injured. So can we even rely on him? And if that's the case, you know, Kamara certainly does belong up there, I think in that tier with those two guys. But if you ask me j- just like with, with the Barkley JT trade situation, if you ask me Barkley, if somebody's offering me Kamara for Barkley, it would have to be a pretty big bonus for me to take that leap. I, I would not do that straight up. Not even close. All right. It, you know, we talked about it a little bit coming into the episode off the air, Matt, and, you know, any kind of bo- see, I'm in the in the camp that any kind of bonus either way would get me to flip, uh, whether you're going to Barkley or going to Camara. Saquon Bark- Barkley is a because of what Ryan said, he was he was tier one by himself. He and McCaffrey were tier one yeah. by themselves and there wasn't even a conversation to be had. It, it really is, the more we've talked about it, the more points you guys have made, it's really boggling my mind why we don't value Barkley at the same level as McCaffrey. Because really, you know, Barkley hardly played in 2020. McCaffrey hardly played in 2020. Are we, are we devaluing Barkley because his injury was a little more serious? They're both going to be back at the same time. They're both going to be the main part of their offense Maybe there's probably a lot of listeners right now saying, wait a minute, hold up. Saquon Barkley's being way undervalued. If we're doing this trade thing and you're going to get Saquon Barkley uh, for Christian McCaffrey and you're getting a bonus that's relatively significant, 
Are you taking that deal, Matt? I think if it's significant, like if we're talking about like a early to mid first on top of them, probably doing that. Uh, but, you know, I'm not going to take necessarily a late first, I don't think. So it would have to be more than that. Uh, I, I think you're a little bit right there. But I think the, the one difference I would say, and may, I mean, this was a very small sample size. So who knows, right? It could have went the other way very easily. But the two, the one and a half to two games we saw of Barkley were not good, you know. And the, the three games we saw of CMC last year were really good. And Barkley has missed other than last season what when cmc missed and and those weren't really serious injuries i didn't think they were very nagging injuries they never really they wanted him to get 100 percent healthy before they got him on the field whereas barkley's injury was was a very significant injury and he's missed a lot of time before that much more than than, than cmc did right so i think it, it like i said we're really splitting here tears here dan it's not like i hate barkley i just prefer cmc and quite a big notch above him you know yeah, I completely agree. It's it, splitting hairs is the perfect way to put it because all these guys you you could make four tiers where McCaffrey's one, <laughs> yeah, Barkley's absolutely. two, Taylor's three, and Kamara's four. We can't really do that as much as we'd like to. There is a difference between all these players. It's just that when three minds are trying to get together and start, and make a consensus tier, uh, it, it just makes it so much more difficult. This is where we landed. Christian McCaffrey all by himself in rookie in running back tier one. And then tier two goes Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and two of us had Alvin Kamara in there, so we're going to land with that. Let's move on to tier three, and Ryan, I'll bring you in here because it feels like this could be a massive tier. I think it's going to end up being pretty big already, but there is a case to be made that you could have double digit a double-digit amount of, of players in tier three because once you get past that that group of cmc taylor barkley and camara there are things to really really like about a lot of players and some of them have youth on their side some of them are a little more veteran but have put up huge numbers for multiple years it's hard to break this into tiers as well we're gonna have to try though yeah it certainly was for me i think one of the common conversations over the past six months or so has been the the rookie running back class of 2020 and how how dynasty players rank those how we value those guys and taylor jonathan taylor is is for for most emerged as the top option but after him you have cam Akers and deandre swift and jk dobbins and we can throw i think antonio gibson in there and then clyde edwards hilaire is uh, maybe a little further down for some, and and of course James Robinson as well. So when you get uh, a half dozen rookies, they're they're you know they're in the same class. They're already kind of being compared to each other because of that. Um, there, there's little separation, and most of those guys are going to end up in the same tier. And um, and again, that's just from this past rookie class. And when when you throw in others, uh, Dalvin Cook and um, Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry and others, yeah, the the tier gets pretty deep, and I think that's a a great thing for dynasty players as we're building teams because um, if you do view these players as uh, having relatively having relatively the same value, that just gives you flexibility as you're drafting and team building. So there are a handful of players, Matt, that landed in our next tier for all of us. They are Dalvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, and Aaron Jones. We can all agree on them. There are some differences, though. We start we start stretching outside of that slightly. One of them, for you, is uh, Najee Harris. 
Ryan and I both have Najee Harris in our next tier. You decided to move him down just a peg. Talk to me about Harris and why he doesn't fit in with some of these other, particularly these young guys like Swift, Dobbins, and Akers. It just comes back to how I was talking about last week about, you know, proof on the field. It, it, I have no problem with Harris. I have no problem with ETN. I, I just feel like these guys that we've seen do it and be very successful in NFL are still just a little bit notch ahead. I think you can make an argument at the bottom of this tier, uh, especially when we're talking about the older guys like like Henry, you know. But the, the the fact that we've seen these other guys do this at the NFL level and be very successful on it is 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 a is a sticking point for me. It's a, it's an important point for me. Like I would not trade Harris for. Most of these, I, I guess, I, I guess Henry, I, I could even slip into the next tier. And again, that's my Henry bias, I guess. But that's really the main reason is just that I, I want to see him do it. And we haven't seen him do it yet. We don't even know where these guys are have landed yet. You know, if Harris ends up on the Steelers, that would be awesome. If he ends up uh, in, in a much worse situation, then, you know, maybe not as awesome. So I'm not, I'm just not really willing to stick my neck out for those two guys particularly until we at least see where they, where, where they're going to land in the NFL draft. And then maybe not even until we see them on the field. So that might be too conservative. I, I completely understand that, but that's just kind of the way that I play dynasty at this point is I want to see these guys do it on the field before I'm willing to put them up into those elite tiers. Well, we'll see what, I mean, you mentioned maybe a, a little bit of a concern on landing spot and um, uh, we always have to be careful of that this time of year with the rookies. But to me, there's just there's so many good landing spots for running backs. There's so many teams that have um, that have open jobs. Basically, I mean, we're we're talking about three, four, five teams where Najee Harris and and maybe some of these others that we'll get to are going to walk in and and be the starter. Um, you know, if you go back to last year, there were fewer jobs and and more prospects. Um, so there's there's a lot of talk about how how poor the running back class is this year. And, and it is, I agree. I mean, it's, it's basically three deep um, for me at least, yeah. but I think all three of those guys are going to have big time value because of uh, likely good landing spots. Ryan, I, I want to pose the same question with you in the past. You've been a big Miles yeah. Sanders fan and things in Philadelphia are not good. You are the only one that did not have, Sanders in this next tier, this group with Cook and Swift, Dobbins, Akers, Chubb, Aaron Jones, maybe a couple others that we'll get to here. What What's souring you on Sanders, at least from keeping him in your top 12? Yeah, for me, it's it's more of the team situation there. Not necessarily the usage. That's kind of always been the concern with Philadelphia was that uh, – we were we were never sure if Sanders would get that backfield to himself. He he pretty much did, uh, but wasn't able to do a ton with it. Uh, honestly, just because of how dysfunctional that offense was this past season. And, and now you look ahead, it, it feels like kind of a punt year fr- from the Eagles. Um, we can assume they're going to be playing from behind in most games. I just feel like it's going to like 2021 is going to be another wasted year for Sanders from a fantasy perspective. And when you think about running backs with uh, even, even these talented running backs that we're talking about with maybe a three or four year window of, uh, of being relevant, you can't waste years. Uh, So I'm fine with moving Sanders up. He is the top guy in my, um, in my next tier. So no, no major issue with that, but, a little concerned about his his value and his production for sure. 
Yeah, I have the same concerns. The thing that I always come back to is it feels like he is the yeah. show in Philadelphia. He is what is going to make that offense tick when it does tick. And that may, may be few and far between, but as we all know, even offenses that are very poor, there are producers in those offenses. And he is the most the most skilled player on the, on that offense. So I feel like he has he has a little bit of a floor because of that, even if they fall behind in games because he's the pass catcher. So Sanders fits into this tier. Two of us had him here. Uh, two of us had Najee Harris in this tier, so he's going to fit in as well. Now, you guys both had Derrick Henry, and I'm I'm fine with moving him up to this tier as well. The problem I have is it feels to me if you have Derrick Henry in a tier and you're willing to put him there, you have to have Ezekiel Elliott in the same tier. And I had them side by side to lead off tier four. You guys each had them split. So I'd like to hear your thoughts on, on having Henry and and in one tier and Elliot in a separate tier. Matt? I actually have them in, in the same tier. <laughs> oh, so, okay. I, I guess I, I'll take this one. I, I might be high. Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I have I have something else. I have some more thoughts on Zeke though that I want to get out. But go ahead. Okay, we'll one. get to that. Yeah. Ryan, how about you? the 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 question about Henry and Zeke being separated is that is that an oversight? Is that something where you feel like there's definitely a value difference? Maybe it's because Tony Pollard is is in Dallas. What What's the difference for you? Um, honestly, I think it's. I mean, Matt kind of pointed this out, and maybe this is where he's going. So I don't want to steal his thunder too much. But uh, as we were looking at this pre-show. It, it's basically recency bias, right? And and I think, I mean, that's a real thing in Dynasty. I think uh, when people point out that rankings or trades or draft picks or whatever are a result of recency bias, I just kind of blow that off because to me, all of Dynasty is recency bias. But the question we need to really answer is, um, can Ezekiel Elliott overcome that? Can he overcome that... Um, what what was viewed as a poor 2020 season can he bounce back and you know when you really kind of dig into it i think the answer is probably yes assuming dak prescott is back there so uh, when you look at at those two guys um similar style similar age similar workload uh in their careers yeah they they probably should be valued similarly and um again i would i would be okay with moving elliot up into that tier with derrick henry and the others Matt, bring it with with this. It, it, it's it's somewhere. I just wanted to compare Zeke and 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 Dalvin Cook to be honest with you, because the the first five games of the season, which was the ones that Dak, Dak Prescott was healthy uh, for, and when that Dallas offense was really booming, Zeke Elliott was the running back three, just behind Dalvin Cook, and by point four points per game for those first five games. So if Dak hadn't gone down and this Dallas team had continued the way it was going, at least for those for that first month or so of the season, and Elliott had twelve hundred yards and you know 10 rushing touchdowns maybe another five and five receiving like will we really be having this conversation where cook is in a different tier and elliot is, a, is is you know 10 spots below him and and a lot of running back rankings right now to me elliot is an extreme value at this point and i don't really see a huge difference between him and cook and henry like if we're going to have these guys up here and these in these big tiers i really feel like we have to have elliot there uh you know 
when you look at the offenses, if you're if we're projecting forward, if Dak, assuming Dak is back, I, I would rather have any any player on except for maybe Justin Jefferson, I guess, uh, on the Dallas offense compared to the Minnesota offense. I think the team in general is better, maybe not the defense. Um, yeah, I just I just feel like it's a very large discrepancy right now, and 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 Elliott being in that twelve to fifteen range that we're seeing in a lot of mock drafts and a lot of rankings lately, and and, and Kamar, or excuse me, Dalvin Cook still at running back five, like that that gap does not make any sense to me. So if you guys have any other, uh, you know, can shed some light on that, feel free. Um, but I I don't get it. No, I think you you make good points, and and the recency bias that you both mention is something that's on the tips of everybody's mind in the dynasty space. Zeke is being devalued for it. And I think it's probably fair to say that the three of us agree that he's one of the most or more undervalued dynasty assets out there right now. If we came to any conclusion in this show, it feels to me, all of us were talking about how we're okay with moving Zeke back up and we want him in that tier above. It feels pretty pretty obvious that he's one of the more undervalued assets that are out there. So this is where we land with Tier 3 of the running backs. Delvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and Ezekiel Elliott. Guys, before we move on to Round 4, I want to talk about... the you know, the rest of this tier, we kind of glossed over a few of them. There are the young guys like Swift and Dobbins and Akers. We've talked a lot about those guys in the last few weeks. I want to bring up Aaron Jones's name because he is the probably, well, he is the top free agent on this list. And we we're we're sliding him into these rankings and we're trying to do projections for him without knowing where he's going to be. We've all spoken out that we we don't feel like Aaron Jones will likely be back in Green Bay. There are a lot of landing spots, as Ryan mentioned before. He could land somewhere great in free agency, but you have to project him moving forward without knowing what team he's on. How do we feel about acquiring Aaron Jones or moving on from Aaron Jones this offseason, Ryan? Again, we have to treat it almost like we treat Najee Harris and and some of these rookie running backs <laughs> that we just we don't know the landing spot because I I do still uh, expect him, as you said, Dan, to to move on from Green Bay. Um, so it, I mean, you have to be careful. Honestly, I'm I'm not going out and shopping for him, even though I ranked him relatively high with with a lot of these other players that we do value so much. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of in wait and see mode. I guess I'm taking Matt's Matt's stance on uh, on the rookies and kind of transferring that over to Aaron Jones. Matt, how about you? Uh, I don't mind buying him if you can find somebody who absolutely 100% agrees that he's moving on because I think that's where you'll you'll find a, a, some value. But while we're still waiting. He just he just feels like somebody that, that people are going to want to hold. You know, they're going to want that information of where he's going to where he's going to be and what kind of role he's going to have. So I think he's a very difficult buy target right now, just for that. Unless you're willing to pay, you know, value pay, pay the value that you would have to pay if we knew he was going to be back in Green Bay, right? That top I don't know fifteen fifteen ish somewhere in that running back fifteen ish range, I think. Um, and if you're not willing to pay that, you're probably not going to get him. So I'm happy to target him. I just don't, I just think it's very hard to acquire. Yeah, he's going to be hard to acquire. I think he'd be easy to sell if somebody wanted to move on, though. There's going to be enough Aaron Jones fans in every league. The thing is, you're probably going to have to take a discount on this price, and nobody's going to be willing to do that. Right. So that's why he fits into this tier. I had a hard time ranking him 
specifically because of everything we talked about here. You know, not knowing that landing spot, not knowing his current value. I don't think he's being moved in a lot of leagues. That's why I wanted to bring him up. Let's move on to tier four because this is a this is a fun one, really. We're we're a little bit all over the place here. And I want to start with you, Ryan, because you have one holdover from tier three that we didn't we didn't even bring up in the conversation because Matt and I each have him a little bit lower. Talk to me about Antonio Gibson and why he fits in more with the group above than the group we're about to talk about. Yeah, obviously entered um, the NFL last season with with a ton of questions, including what position would he even be playing? I mean, this time last year we didn't know we didn't know that. In fact, this this weekend last year he was working out with the wide receivers at the NFL Combine. Um, so. To me, he's he's answered so many of those questions, overcome so many things, including um, just really a, a pretty pathetic Washington offense. Um, was not super involved as a pass catcher, even though that was kind of viewed as his specialty entering the league. I don't know how much that changes in 2021 because I, th- I think they just try to, to basically kind of run it back with, with J.D. McKissick there serving that role. But ultimately, and, and over the long term, I think once we add that, that PPR upside to Gibson's game, we're looking at, at a player who's going to be super valuable for a long time. And um, we, we could say the same thing about if and when they get a legitimate quarterback, they get another receiving threat. Um, yeah, I was, I was just super impressed with him, honestly, as a rookie, considering all that uh, that he had to deal with, honestly. Yeah, he looked really good, and, and that was without having the full-time role, really. Um, it's it's amazing. We all see him as that pass catcher and that guy that can be dynamic on the perimeter, and he was losing snaps to J.D. McKissick in that area. So we'll have to see how that plays out, and that coaching staff seems like the type of – type of group and and maybe the front office too that wants to get more diversified players in that offense and that may hurt Gibson's value and that's probably what holds me back just a little bit they're going to want to add more players that that do multiple things they've talked about that in the media and that that makes me hesitate maybe with Gibson just a little bit that's why he fits uh with the group of like Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards Alaire uh, a little bit more. Joe Mixon fits in with, with him as well and James Robinson. So I felt, not that I'm down on Gibson, I felt just a little bit uh, hesitant to include him in the group that we just talked about where you where you added his name, Ryan. Matt, let's, uh, let's talk about some of the other guys in this group because outside of Gibson, we all agreed on Josh Jacobs and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Also, Travis Etienne fit in this tier for all of us. So in this group, who's who are the guys that really stick out for you among those four? Uh, in a good way, it's I think it's Gibson, you know, just to just to, just to, just to come guys back in a to that bad way quick. already. Just to come back to that real quick, because I honestly I wouldn't argue with anybody ranking Gibson as high as running back seven or eight. You know, like that's the kind of upside I think we're t- maybe even higher than that. Honestly, if he, if that PPR upside does come through, but but like you guys talked about with McKissick, it's just a little bit. It just has me a little bit hesitant. So right now I have him just below the two rookies, uh, and that's again maybe because of draft capital and situation. You know that could easily change. Um, for the other two guys. 
guys in this tier, Clyde Edwards here, I think he's undervalued now. Like he was, I mean, not that he wasn't overvalued before, you know, when he was going as a top five, six startup pick, right? Uh, like that, that was probably clearly too high, but now that you can get him in the early to mid third round in some of these mock drafts we've been doing, like that feels severely undervalued. So he's probably somewhere in the middle of that, right? Um, but he's still young. He's still attached to Patrick Mahomes. He's still a great pass catcher. And those are the things that we value in fantasy. So um, he sticks out to me. Jacobs for a negative reason. I, I don't know, man. I, I I I think I have this blind spot on Jacobs. Like once he once we saw that they weren't going to use his pass catching ability, which is one of the reasons why I, I think all of us liked him so much in college, despite that limited workload he saw there. Uh, we were very excited about what he could do as a bell cow back for how John Gruden uses these guys, but he's just not being used in the passing game that way. So uh, just 23 years old, right? Still things like there should be upside for days, but but between the nagging injuries and the lack of passing uh passing game usage like it's it's a little bit concerning so i think i'm lower on him than most been and i don't necessarily think it's a it's a great reason um but it just it doesn't feel like a great player to go out and acquire right now yeah and that's why he fits in this tier for me i he really belongs in my opinion because he does still have the upside if the coaching staff makes that adjustment or if they it sucks to say, but realize what they have with him. Yeah. Uh, they, they seem to want to push the ball in other directions when they don't necessarily need to. And him missing on the goal line multiple times early in the season, that that was that they started going away from him in those situations. Then sometimes that those kind of things kind of pile up to a player where we're just not quite as excited as we should be for having him on our rosters. And that, you know, if you're trying to do that, that exercise with, well, would I trade this guy for this guy? Or is that the reason to move him up a tier? There's nobody in that tier above that, that I would do. Oh yeah. I would make that swap. Right. So that's why he lands with, with these other names. I agree. There's a difference between Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs, but once again, we can't have every guy in his own tier. Uh, let's talk about some of the other names outside of Gibson, Jacobs, Clyde and Travis Etienne, who is in all of our rankings, uh, in tier four, let's uh, let's make a case for some of the other names because there's listeners right now saying, wait a minute, we haven't even mentioned the name Joe Mixon yet. And if we're going to talk about Zeke and Derrick Henry in one tier, there's another guy about that age with the same kind of skill set, the guy that can carry a team that was injured last year that we should be mentioning too. And that's probably Mixon. There's I've made the case in the past that Mixon might be one of the most uh, talented, just on pure talent alone, running backs in the entire league. But he's in one of the worst offenses in the league uh, traditionally, and now is coming off an in- injury plague season where all of us as dynasty managers kept hearing the news, oh, he's going to be back. Oh, they didn't put him on IR. He will be back. And he just never came back. So that left a bad taste in our mouth. That should all go away over the offseason. He's going to be back in week one. There's no reason to think that he won't be the bell cow running back once again in Cincinnati. Feels like, if not in tier four, he might even belong to belong in the tier above with some of those other names like Henry and Elliott, Ryan. Yeah, Mixon is another guy I certainly expect to bounce back for a lot of a lot of the reasons you said. I mean, you, you look at his past seasons and especially 2018 and I mean yeah we're going back a couple of years there uh he was he was super productive I think he can be again we expect that offense in general especially the offensive line to be improved for the Bengals uh so that that should be um should obviously be a plus for Mixon uh but I talked earlier about 
I think I said this with Sanders, you know, you just can't waste running back years. And that's what happened last year with Mixon. And that's why uh, we're looking at him in that RB20 range rather than, you know, a top five or top 10 running back, which he was uh, just a year ago. But, you know, going back to some of the names you guys were just talking about, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I mean, at the beginning of the season, uh, especially when, when Damian Williams opted out, Deserve it or not, this is a player that some were talking about as the top overall running back in Dynasty. And and now here he is at, I think we had him at RB17 in this fourth tier. And obviously that says a lot about the kind of season he had, that he, he did not live up to that hype. But it also says a lot about where we are with the running back position, that we can go 20, 25 deep. Uh, the problem is we're we're nearing the cliff here, and w- once we drop, it's it's a steep drop. And and speaking of that high ranking for Clyde, there are some out there, maybe not putting him at running back one, but going back to Najee Harris, Matt. That those are those are the type, types of things that makes you want to see landing spot and see on top of it these guys on the field before moving them all the way up as a running back one or a top five type running back. I want to get your thoughts, Matt, on a couple of these names because we we all kind of agree on the Gibson, Jacobs, Clyde, ETN, and then you put a tear break before getting to the next group of guys, and and that includes Mixon, also James Robinson, and Austin Eckler. We, Ryan and I, each had him mixing in with these other names that we're talking about. Tell me why you think there's a little bit of a difference with these names. With Eckler, it's... You know, I don't know. Eckler, he is such an enigma, I think, because if he's going to continue to catch, you know, eight to ten passes a game, why isn't he up in in tier three or four, right? Uh, So he just feels like – I think I base these tiers kind of how I I think the Dynasty community feels about these three players. Um, And these three are on my shopping list uh, this this offseason for – uh, for for running backs that I want to acquire this offseason. If you want to spend up, go get Sanders or Zeke. If you want to spend down a little bit, I think you can get Eckler Robinson and even Mixon a little bit cheaper. So uh, he falls with those guys. Mixon falls with those two guys because because like just what you guys said, we, we had a very bad taste in our mouth from, from 2020, right? But he's got Joe Burrow, a quarterback now. This offense should start clicking with T. Higgins. Uh, so he is such a value to be had along with Robinson and Eckler Robinson, you know, that huge workload. The big question with him is, is he going to get that again next year? Are they going to bring in somebody who is good enough to, you know, take 30 to 40% of the touches away from if that happens. And I think Robinson, you know, is, is probably a little bit overvalued in this range, but if we think that he's going to have a similar workload, he's going, then, then I think he's undervalued in this range. Right. And then the same with Eckler. Is, is Kelly going to be more involved? I, I don't know. I don't think so. Is Justin Jackson going to be more involved? I don't know. I don't think so. But just from the way that Eckler profiles, like it seems like there, there, there's a chance that his value could tank, right? So I think that this three, these three backs and these three backs that we're looking at in this tier for me, Eckler, Robinson, and Mixon, and along with one other in the next tier for me, I'll just throw them out there, A.J. Dillon. I think these four backs are really the inflection point of the running back position right now. All four of these guys, their value could go 
in any direction, you know, by the time we get to the, the start of the season. Um, and for that reason, I think they're, they're, they're great buys. And then everybody after that, those, that's when we started getting to the running backs that I want nothing to do with. So these four guys, I think, ult- ult- represent ultimate value in these two tiers or this, this one tier, depending on where you have them. Uh, and I think they're, they're, they're all buys, but they're all buys with some question marks. Yeah, they are. They have a lot of question marks, and you you highlighted all of them. Really, Eckler especially is the name that comes off as the guy that could could explode and become that top five option throughout next season. Once again, because of the pass catching, and you you talked about his floor that that it drops through the basement. It feels like that that they could move on. They could they could get another running back in there. They could be one of those teams that drafts one of these rookies and suddenly Eckler's just back to that third down role and, and playing a part-time uh, playing part-time and, and missing out on some of those big fantasy games that he's had in the, in, in the past. Since you're buying those guys, Matt, I'm just going to speak for you. We're moving those guys up sure. with the, with sure. the rest of these guys. <laughs> uh, so tier four ends up being Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, James Robinson, and Austin Eckler. There's one other name that Ryan and I both mixed in here, and that's Javante Williams, the rookie out of North Carolina. And I will not stand for somebody ranking Travis Etienne in a tier and not at least having Williams in the same one because Williams is 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 a better player, in my opinion. I've watched these guys quite a bit here recently, especially. And ETN, I'm so tired of watching him run into the back of, of blockers and then bounce a ball outside. And because he's so athletic, he can get away with that. That's not going to happen at the next level. I think Javante Williams is going to get picked before ETN in the NFL draft and will probably be picked in, in a lot of dynasty draft, rookie drafts before him as well. So, Ryan, you had Williams in this tier as well. That probably points to you being a fan of him and, and seeing his upside. If we're going to put ETN in here, it feels like we have to have Williams as well. Yeah, I still I still have ETN above Williams in my rookie rankings. but uh, and, and it, it, Me too, but it's changing. I, I did the work here in the last day or so, and and it there's a big change going on in my rankings. In the yeah, next it's, it's definitely close for me. I do agree they belong in the same tier, whether you're talking overall running back rankings or rookie rankings. Um, and in fact, there was a little bit of buzz, and of course we have to be careful with this because it's it's that time of year. But uh, there was a little bit of buzz that Javante Williams could actually be the first running back drafted in the NFL draft, not Najee yep. Harris, so um, and, and not Travis Etienne. So we'll we'll see how that plays out, but for now he's he's definitely in this range. And the same thing that I said about Najee Harris, I would say about Etienne and Williams, uh, with so many landing spots that uh, are going to offer starting jobs, um, th- those guys are going to have them. I think. I mean, you've got you've got Aaron Jones, who's going to get a starting job. I'm not assuming any other free agent running back gets one, including Chris Carson. Uh, but there, there was talk Carson will leave Seattle. If so, that's another prime spot. We know Seattle wants to run the ball, you know, too, too Elite. much. Elite right. Spot. So, yeah. so now it's Pittsburgh <laughs> and Miami and Atlanta and uh, and Seattle and and there's you know there's others too. Those those are just the four kind of off the top of my head that that would be uh, primo landing spots for any of these rookies or or Aaron Jones as well. Matt, is the reason that Williams is lower in your tiers just because for, for what you've said in the past, there you haven't seen this guy and you want to see where he lands, or, or do you have some big concerns when it comes to Javante Williams? 
No, I don't have any big concerns. I do think I probably still have some more work to do them if you're going to value them over ETN. Because ETN is honestly still my, my Y1 in this class. Um, the the running into the back of the line thing is and bouncing it outside is certainly frustrating, but I think that's a that's a I think that's a coachable thing that this is not a comp- direct comparison at all. But think way way back to when Jamal Jamal Charles was coming coming out of out of school. That's this yeah. is exactly what Jamal Charles did. He would run into the back of those lines and try to bounce everything outside. And once he got into the NFL, he learned to be that inside out runner. And I think I've seen enough that I think ETN can can become that guy. Um, so and and that plus his home run ability, like that. That's why I still have him as the one in this class. And I know that's becoming a, a much more unpopular opinion. I think maybe Travis May still agrees with me, but maybe that, that might be about about it. Um, so it, he's just still a cut above Williams for me, and I, I have no problems with him. He looks great on tape. I love that stiff arm and that spin move that he has for somebody at that size so um i think if he lands in the right spot he and, and etn ends in a terrible like what if etn goes to the jets for some reason like yeah give me javante williams pretty much wherever he lands so uh, a lot of it's going to come down to that and how those players are going to be used but um just a little bit more faith in etn at this point that's all yeah you mentioned the uh the stiff arm and this isn't a rookie episode but <laughs> that contact b- balance yeah. is incredible he just b- bounces so off guys stays on his feet and you know etn i gotta say that that burst that like fifth gear that he can hit when he gets the edge and and it appears like the safety has the angle but he takes those couple strides that that gets him beyond him that's electrifying too so there's a lot to like about a lot of these rookies we're gonna throw javante williams into tier four along with antonio gibson josh jacobs clyde edwards alaire Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, James Robinson, and Austin Eckler. The next tier is pretty cut and dry, guys, because we're we're all three the same guys. It's Kareem Hunt, it's David Montgomery, and it's A.J. Dillon. And now we're through 25 running backs, guys, if we include these guys that we all three have pretty much alone in tier five. This is, this is that, that drop-off that you're talking about. Maybe you have it after Javante Williams, after tier four, Feels like tier five, these are still guys that we're going to count on and, and that we're really excited about in 2021 as long as the chips fall in the right way. Ryan, as far as tier five goes, once you get beyond that, you get into those veteran names and you get into some of those younger guys that haven't really gotten their opportunity in multiple seasons. Feels like after Hunt, Montgomery, and Dylan, there's not a lot to fall in love with. Right, so, so we're 25 deep at that point after those three players and... Um, I mean, we've said a lot of good things about these rookies. We could throw A.J. Dillon into that conversation as well because he's a little bit of an unknown both from what he can give us and what his, what his role uh, will be, of course, depending on, uh, depending on the status of Aaron Jones. So a- after that, yeah, it, it is the cliff. And there's, there's other players I like. There's other players that would be okay. Uh, but we're moving from weekly fantasy starter to uh, maybe a flex or maybe you know a streaming situation with really everybody else matt what about you 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 had hunt montgomery and dylan all lumped together that's where javante williams fell in for you beyond this you 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 drinking the kool-aid with us it's it seems like that's the way it is you're you're like ryan said you're just dealing with some guys that are fringe starters 
Yeah, it, it's funny that it lined up this way. I don't know if this is still the number one format, but the, the format where you play just you start two running backs, you know, like a like a standard Yahoo league with you start two, three, and and two and two running backs, three receivers, no flex. Like this is it lined up perfectly for that, right? Those top twenty five running backs, those are the ones that we are interested in probably starting. And you know, some of these guys could fall to the to the next tier below that. Like Dylan, if AJ. Excuse me. If Aaron Jones comes back for some reason, then Dylan's value probably probably drops, right? Um, but after that, like it's just disgusting. Like I I, I think there's a, there's a scenario where some of these guys just below them uh, could could get up into that top twenty four twenty five range. You know, I could see a scenario where Drake moves on for sure and Edmonds is the starter with, for with Kyler Murray as his quarterback. I could see that happening. You know, I could see a situation where either Singletary or or Zach Moss get hurt and one of them get all of the carries in Buffalo next year, and then we're talking about them i could see Keyshawn vaughn you know taking over the starting role and, and becoming in the conversation but right now where we stand out in the offseason this is it and honestly i'm not that excited about david montgomery either he had that hot finish to the season and and really helped out uh dynasty managers for championships but i think everybody's forgetting that tree cohen is pretty good pass catcher and he's going to come back next season and then all those receptions that montgomery got are probably going to get cut in half if not worse than that so um you know, this is it. This is the last tier of players that we want to focus on. If you m- completely miss from these top 25 players in your startup draft, you might as well just wait and just grab your favorite flavor later, later on. You know, start at this point in the draft, maybe you're maybe you're starting to continue to pile up your wide receiver core because there's certainly still good wide receivers in this range. Or maybe you're taking a splurge on a maybe not the top top tier of tight ends, but you know, that next the next group that we're excited about. So this is this is the cutoff, man. Yeah, you said it perfectly there. The time to to grab the wide receivers, wait on the running backs, and then just get a handful of them at the end. And and a lot of the guys that we're going to end up, we would end up talking about in tier six, seven, eight, maybe even all the way up to 10 or 12 tiers, the veterans like Chris Carson and Melvin Gordon, uh, you still have to mention guys like David Johnson and James Conner, Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette. They're guys that are hanging around becoming roster cloggers even at this point, some of them. And then all the other young guys, guys like Chuba Hubbard. And and there's probably a lot of people saying, what about Kenneth Gainwell and Jamar Jefferson and, and the, the premier backups like Alexander Madison and Chase Edmonds. Trey Sermon's going to be a rookie this year. Miles Gaskin made, made some uh, dents in the league for dynasty managers last year as well. All these names just kind of siphon into one massive tier for me. Um, Ryan, for you, once you get past those top 25, is there anything you're really excited about having? What are you doing? You, you grabbing guys like Pollard and Alexander Madison still? You you waiting on these rookies? Are there veterans you like? What What's your flavor? Yeah, you nailed it with, with Pollard and Alexander Madison. I think we saw a little a little pop from Pollard last year as his role grew a little bit. Um, those were both kind of trendy targets, whether you're, you were talking trading or startup drafting last year, uh, as there was, you know, there, there's always concern for running back starters, uh, especially veterans. And, and there's almost always opportunity for young backups. Uh, but it, it seems like both of those have seen a little bit of a value dip because they didn't really blow up in 2020, uh, in a good way. So, I'm going right back to the well with those two guys and uh, glad to acquire them at, at what is now a little bit of a cheaper price. 
There are some other veterans that I wanted to mention real quickly. Guys like Marlon Mack, who will be coming off injury, could get a cheap, cheap contract somewhere and you can get for almost free. Philip Lindsay's going to get another chance somewhere. He's almost free. Jamal Williams is going to get signed somewhere, and he, he looked like a different running back in 2020. He could get a chance even if he's back in Green Bay. There's going to be weeks where you can start those kind of guys. Those aren't those aren't guys that you're going to – you're going to count on week in and week out, but there will be times for all those veteran type running backs. Let's quickly run through these tiers one more time before we get out of here, guys. Tier one, all alone at the top, Christian McCaffrey, followed by J- Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Alvin Kamara in tier two. In tier three, we had a pile of guys, Delvin Cook, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, and Ezekiel Elliott. Tier 4 went Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, and Javante Williams. And then Tier 5, rounding up the top 25, Kareem Hunt, David Montgomery, and A.J. Dillon. Ryan, anything to add when you're when you're thinking about running backs this offseason? What are you thinking? Um, I think it's, I think everything we said as far as the tiers, the drop off is all certainly legitimate. But um, in the end, we're we're trying to win weeks. We're trying to win uh, on a week to week basis. And when we look down the list even further, there's still some names I kind of like. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson and and Gus Edwards both were big time producers um, in short spans last year, and uh, I think they could they could do it again, especially Wilson who's uh he he's three years younger than Mostert uh and and I think honestly he played better than Mostert last year so I won't be surprised if it's Jeffrey Wilson as the starter in San Fran and uh he's super cheap right now or whoever else they signed to be the starter there because because that's a nice offense to have a running back in for sure Matt is there anything for you that stands out I've, I've got two thoughts one there are four running backs you should be considering in a first round startup in the first round of your startup drafts, that's it. McCaffrey, Taylor, Barkley, Kamara. Like if, it, if if you don't hit on one of those, take your elite wide receiver and then hit hit running back again in the in the second and the third round. And then your off-season shopping list, I think, at running back. Again, this is my personal list. Feel free to copy it or not. Miles Sanders, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Austin Eckler, James Robinson, Joe Mixon, and A.J. Dillon. Those are the guys I want to buy this off-season. Yeah, especially considering the price on those lower guys and then Elliott being being kind of undervalued, we decided that. For me, it's the it's the difference or the tiers among the rookies. It's very top-heavy this year. We got a few guys to really get excited about. I happen to be a little more excited about Chuba Hubbard than some others and think he has some upside. I think he belongs in the conversation. Somebody to, to think about, but we'll get to all of that. After those guys, it falls down relatively drastically. And uh, you're probably not going to grab a lot of starters in your rookie draft unless you have a real high pick and they land in in the right spot. So we covered the running backs, guys. Of course, last week we covered the quarterbacks. Next week we get to talk wide receivers. We're going to try to tear these guys out as well. A lot of work to do on these guys. Until then, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.